Welcome to Interfaith Encounters. In this third season, we're looking at migrants and immigrants, faithful encounters with the stranger in our midst. My guest today is Julie Raymond. She is Senior Director of Policy and Political Affairs, American Jewish Committee. Welcome, Ms. Raymond. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. I appreciate your being part of this. So my first question is, how does your faith tradition understand the responsibility to migrants and immigrants? It's such a good question because Jews are, and I know every community says this, but Jews are not a monolith. And we come from a lot of different perspectives, um, political and religious, of course. And there are a lot of issues on which there is, I would almost venture to say profound disagreement. But interestingly, immigration isn't usually one of those issues. And it's in part because it's both biblical and historical. So, you know, as a man of faith, um, that the Bible references the stranger over and over again, and the need to welcome the stranger. And now we're about to approach the, the Passover holiday. And that holiday is all about when the Jews were strangers in a strange land. After the Exodus, we're wandering through the desert for 40 years and very much felt this sort of reliant um, reliance of, on others, on the kindness of, at that point, the Almighty, um, and then at later points on, on the kindness of others. So Passover was sort of, the Exodus story was sort of the first piece of it biblically. Um, and then, of course, the story of Abraham and welcoming strangers into the tent and all of that, all of those beautiful biblical legacies. Um, but all of that is sort of a direct line to a more modern Jewish experience. Um, a Jewish experience largely of time and time again, place after place, being forced out or, or expelled or being forced to flee. Um, and it goes, you know, it goes back tracing to the Exodus in Egypt, but through European pogroms. You know, anyone who has seen Fiddler on the Roof knows about Jews being pushed out of their homes, out of the shuttles, um, to the Holocaust, of course, where Jews were, were fleeing and far too many weren't able to flee. Um, the Inquisition from Spain, um, the expulsion of three quarters of a million Jews in Arab lands after the founding of the State of Israel. And even more recently, um, in 2013, 2014, 2015, that era um, in Europe, France saw a huge number of their Jews essentially fleeing, going to Israel because of the anti-Semitism in France. So it's something that is both biblical and historical and has this very profound sort of um, continuance today. So Jews, really across the board, from every country, from every place, from every political and religious dimension, has some point of reference where they can say, this is why Jews believe in immigration, immigration justice, the values of immigration. The, the, it's, a, it's a recognition that the refugees, um, the immigrants are people much like us. Um, and that the, the American adage of um, what we always say, you know, with um, immigrants are coming here for a better life. 
that in many ways, Jews understand more than any that a better life more often than not means simply the right to live, the right to exist. Thanks. That's, uh, that's very helpful, especially understanding not only the fact that there's this biblical text at the core of this, the Passover text, um, and an experience uh, in, the, in the Jewish scriptures of the narratives of migration and immigration, but also how that continues down through history um, up, up until very, very recently, up until the present day, in fact. Let me ask you to say a little bit more about something, though. It's um, obviously it is incumbent upon the Jewish people to care for their own immigrants. The, these, and especially the state of Israel, has been incredibly open to welping, welcoming Jewish uh, immigrants that have come out of Europe and out of the uh, back in the 90s out of the old former Soviet Union. Um, say a little bit more about how, in the Jewish religious understanding this translates into not only a we need to care for our own, but we need to care for others in the same situation that we've been in. I would like to think that that empathy and that recognition of the other is not something that's unique to Jews. Um, that for all people who have gone through a trauma or in, the, in this um, instance of the Jewish people sort of repeated historical dramas, um, that that would become sort of an ingrained value. But I do think that it's also a bit biblical, right? We have in, in the Jewish faith and the Jewish tenets, this idea that we are all created in the image of God, but Salam Elohim. And because of that, it also propels one to understand that you can't separate yourself from another community. You can't dehumanize another community because if we are all in fact created in the image of God, those truly are our brothers and also reflections of, for those of faith, reflections of, of God. So just just for, for the listener, the Tanakh is the Jewish scriptures. And so in there, there's this idea of the image of God that we all share and therefore we cannot separate ourselves from others or the, the destiny or fate of others, I suppose. Is that right? Part and parcel, right? So there's another concept, um, and I don't know honestly if this is a uniquely Jewish concept or if like many things, it's sort of become part of a, a monotheistic tradition. Um, but this idea that if you save one life, it's as though you've saved all of humanity. And I think that's also a piece of this, right? This recognition that looking at one person, one person's experience, one refugee, one immigrant um, is looking at, in essence, all of humanity. You know, I've, I, I studied the different world religions and Judaism is the only one I know where this is a repeated theme. I've, I've hardly had an interview with someone from the Jewish faith that hasn't repeated that particular line. If you save one life, it's save, you've saved the whole of humanity. I do think in other religious traditions there are similar ideas that, the, that somehow the individual life relates to the whole. We can think of the great John Donne poem, A No Man is an Island, uh, for example, that reflects this. Thing. Good one. But it does seem to build a strong sense that of 
that a common humanity means that everybody's had our experience or everybody could have our experience and we should be empathetic with them. You use that, that word empathy, right? Am, am I correct in understanding too that this really is comes down to some very specific biblical commands, uh, particularly in the prophetic works um, relating to the way in which the Jewish faith should um, encounter those who are others who find themselves in the same situation? Yes, I think so. And it's especially interesting. I haven't thought about this in, in some time, but it strikes me as a really interesting thing to explore at a time when there's sort of a desire to be the bigger victim, um, sort of the what we call the oppression Olympics, right? <laughs> um, and it's almost... I don't know if it's an overexpression of empathy, but rather than recognizing one's own plight, whatever that plight is, and allowing it to be the bridge to seeing the plight of another, uh, I, in American society I, today, I think we've sort of changed, and and that empathy I think still exists on the on a human level. But all too often, there's this need to say, my pain is, is different from your pain, or my plight is different from your plight. And I do worry about what that means, specifically on this topic of immigration, right? Whereas um, for, for Jews, well, with our whole connection to immigration justice comes from, we were there whether it was this generation or six generations ago, whatever the case may be, whatever that touch point is, we were there. And so if that, that connection is not recognized or valued, it, it challenges, I think, not just Jews, but everyone to sort of, you know, why do we struggle for immigrant rights of Latinos at the border? Why do we struggle for immigrant rights um, those who were denied entry with the Muslim ban, if we're not recognizing that plight as a plight similar to what we or our families may have come, come through. Uh, it's a challenge. I th well, I think that's an amazing, uh, an amazing idea or insight because it is the case in my experience that again and again in Jewish ritual, there is the use of the word we to embrace every generation uh, almost prior to the exodus up until today. We experience this, we experience this, we experience this. So a continual renewal that the whole historical tradition of the people is contemporary in us. That does seem to me, I'm not gonna say uniquely Jewish, but maybe uniquely Jewish in an American context where the tendency is to forget what your great grandparents went through, um, and and maybe that does place uh, the Jewish community in a kind of a unique position with regard to this empathy. Well, it's ingrained in us since the beginning, right? So I, I we talked about how Passover is coming up, and every year at a Passover seder, the the sort of liturgy that's recited is when we were slaves in the land of Egypt. And the idea is not when our people, when our ancestors, when those other Jews were <laughs> enslaved in the land of Egypt, it is truly meant to be us as a community. And so I think that 
perhaps because it's something that happens, um, Passover is the most universally celebrated holiday for Jews. So it's, it's one of those, um, I don't want to say indoctrination points, but it's one of those early touch points for the faith um, that almost every Jew, regardless of how observant they are or how observant they are not, um, has access to. So I think that concept of the we um, that is truly eternal uh, is perhaps unique, but um, certainly uh, intentional and based <laughs> a lot on the Exodus. Let me move on to the second question, because I think this has been very helpful, which is how then, um, given this tradition of care and concern for the immigrant and the migrant, how is this put into practice today by the Jewish community? What are some of the practical ways we can see this being worked out? When you ask that question, the first thing that comes to my mind is the images of Jews, sort of recognizable Jews, right? Because not all Jews are, are recognizable, um, but recognizable Jews going to the airports during the Muslim ban, right? And then standing arm in arm with their, their Muslim brothers and sisters um, in support, in solidarity. And that is just, it was such a profound moment, I think, for for all Americans and sort of recognizing, you know, what are the values? What are we looking at? Um, Jews have long been advocates, immigration advocates. There are entire Jewish organizations whose raison d'etre is to fight for immigration rights, for, for migrants, for asylum seekers. Um, and many other organizations like mine, like the AJC that, uh, has for decades endeavored to be a voice for and with um, Latinos and others who are who are talking about the need for immigration reform, immigration justice. And it's, you know, it's part and parcel of, of our experience. And also, um, I think sort of on a practical basis, a recognition that we not only share this experience, but we are a small community. Jews are roughly 2%. So always when we've thought about our political influence, our political access, um, one of the first, and I don't wanna undermine it by saying tactics, but one of the first sort of standards was working with others um, of like mind or in similar situations. Um, so the, the coalitions around immigration are really old, long-standing coalitions um, that are active still today. I know that when I was a pastor in Vienna, Austria, I worked with Iranian refugees uh, coming out of Iran. Almost everybody I worked with was a Christian, uh, of course. But the major point of contact through which they were able to process their papers and come come into Europe was a Jewish organization. I, I'm, uh, it was probably highest the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, who long has been working on asylum issues really across the globe, but for a very long time on issues related to um, the Baha'i minority and Jews trying to flee persecution in Iran. 
What about here specifically in the United States? Is the AJC involved in issues around migrants and immigrants in the U.S.? Very much so. So my my organization has a an institute, the Belfer Institute for Latino and Latin American Affairs, which has for over a decade now, worked a great deal with Latino partners um, and also Latin American partners on issues of immigration and really sort of recognizing that as Americans, we tend to think of immigration as a domestic issue, right? It's the people coming to us. But the reality is that migration is such a process. It's a transnational issue that starts in large part because people are in a place that is unsustainable, unstable, unsafe, um, and they have to flee. So our institute has for many years, both worked on issues of immigration and asylum seeking here domestically, but also worked with both Jewish communities and governments in Central and Latin America to try to improve stability, combat corruption, um, promote values of pluralism that will not only um, help improve the lives of people on a day-to-day -day basis, but also sort of um, stop the, the unnecessary migration. You know, the people who don't want to leave their homes, but somehow feel forced to because of the circumstances around them. Thank you for raising that, because that then is the second side of the, the problem, or the problem, the reality of migrants and immigrants, is that people don't just move for no reason. And so addressing the reasons that people are on the move, whether it's personal safety or economic, is a critical then part of this addressing the issue. We're close to the time, so I want to thank you very much for this interview. Are there any closing comments that you'd like to make before we wrap up? It's really been such a pleasure. Um, the only other thing that I would like to mention is that, you know, talking about this, I, I a little over a year ago, I went with our with our institute and a number of Latino and Jewish leaders from around the country to El Paso. And we went to visit a number of community civic organizations working with immigrants, um, undocumented immigrants who had just crossed the border. We had a number of conversations with law enforcement, with ICE, um, really a fact-finding mission. And by far, with no comparison, the best organizations, the brightest stars were the faith-based organizations and the Christian organizations that were trying to um, really provide a pathway to those who had gone through tremendous hardship to get to the United States with a great deal of uncertainty ahead of them. So I'm so glad that we're having this conversation and that these conversations are happening around the country. And uh, I know that it's, it's, little 20 or 30 minute segments just like these that'll ultimately create the the solutions that we need in our country to make a more just future for all. Thank you. I, I certainly hope so. Well, I want to thank you again, uh, Ms. Raymond, for the interview and for the insights you've given us into the Jewish understanding of migrants and immigrants and some of the practical things being done. This is Robert Hunt with Interfaith Encounters. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure.